welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. scripture passage um, right now. Um, And if you'd like to follow along with me in your Bibles, we are reading out of Proverbs 16, starting in verse 1. It says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart and is is an abomination to the Lord, be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. I cannot believe that we are seven years into this this journey. Uh, Like I said earlier for, for Missy, that's been 11 years and... I mean, when you think about where you were 11 years ago to where you are now, I mean, (laughs) Chandler was 11, so think about that. He would have no idea where he would be now. Uh, But we felt like that. We felt like kids, right, 11-year-olds. And I don't mean uh, because we were younger. I mean because we said to God, we'll go wherever you want us to go and do whatever you want us to do. It's It's just a childlike faith where we said, God, you do what you want to do with our lives. We are your vessels, and you take us, and you make us into what, what you want us to be, and you do whatever you want with our lives. Here are our plans. Now you, you take them and do with them what you will, and your will be done on earth as it is uh, in heaven and in our lives. And guys, that's what this whole passage is about. It's about, it's about plans and and, uh, and, and what we do with those plans. And uh, this, this, this week and then next Sunday, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a State of the Union address for us. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this really weird time, we all are in history, and seven years into the church, and we didn't picture our seven-year birthday anniversary celebration being on a, on a live stream like this. Uh, where you're seeing me, but I'm not seeing you. Um, uh, we didn't picture a lot of things happening, right? And, and so this week, uh, we're talking about inspiration. And, and I want to, my, my hope is that, uh, is that this morning, as a church, we, we have uh, eyes and hearts from the Lord to see what he's doing. And there's opportunities all around us. Uh, we don't even have to create them. There's opportunities everywhere. And are we seeing those things? Are we, and are we going to move forward in that? And then next week, uh, Adam's going to talk to us about innovation. So inspiration this week, kind of the current state of things, where we are, 
how we've gone to this point, and then innovation, where we're going in, into the future and into the next year or so. Uh, so kind of two-parter here, State of the Union, like where we're going. And, and guys, this is, I, I went to bed last night and I thought, I cannot believe it's been seven years. It's gone by really fast. At the same time, it feels like three lifetimes <laughs> in, in the past seven years. It's been the hardest seven years of my life. Uh, but it's been the most abundant, fruitful, amazing seven years. And this passage, I think, is, is key to that for us and for our church. And so let's, let's take a look here at verse 1 in chapter 16. Guys, in, in the book of Proverbs, a lot of Proverbs don't really go together. So if you're reading the book of Proverbs, the big chunk here, uh, they're, they're all kind of, a lot of them are kind of by themselves. There, there isn't uh, a big theme running through each proverb that ties them together. But the overarching theme of the Proverbs is, are you going to choose the way of wisdom or are you going to choose the way of folly? And you see that right before verse 1 here in chapter 15, verse 33, it says, The fear of the Lord is, is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. So you have here two themes kind of leading into the next, the next few verses here. You have the way of wisdom, and you have humility. And often, he says, and he says here, humility comes before honor, but often we flip that and we seek honor before humility, right? And, and so the overarching theme of, the, of, of all the Proverbs is, are you going to choose the way of wisdom or not? The way of folly is the way of the world, it's the way that leads to death and destruction, and there's two choices. You either choose that or you choose the way of wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge, the Proverbs say, is uh, the fear of the Lord. And so he, he talks about that here. And then we go into verses 1 through, we're going to do verses 1 through 7 today and focus on those. Uh, but these verses, even though most of the Proverbs don't have, Proverbs don't have themes, these verses kind of go together thematically. And... And each happens in a couplet. So we're going to deal with verses 1 through 2, 3 through 4, 5 and 6, and then end with verse 7. So we'll deal with them in couplets because they, they kind of reinforce the second, the second verse will reinforce, and reinforce the first verse. So in verse 1 it says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Guys, okay, we're in 2020, right? Most of us did not see 2020 playing out this way <laughs> in our minds. Right? We saw it playing out a different way in our minds. Uh, I mean, just a, a lot of things have changed in, in some ways, but actually a lot of things also haven't changed, right? I mean, think about it. People are still searching for identity and destiny. What's changed is maybe they're searching for that even more now. You know, people are still struggling all, all around us. What's changed is, is maybe they're doing that even more now. Like the pandemic, COVID, 2020 has seemed to exacerbate the things that were already there for us. Um, but they, but what, what it's also done in, in 2020 is also given us clarity, which I didn't mean that to be a, a pun, but it's given us some clear vision. Right, uh, 2020 has served to do that at the at the very least. Chandler snapping over here. I love that. Yeah, he he, he picked up that pun. He likes that. So um, it's it's served to it's served to even though some things have changed and are up in the air and it feels chaotic. It feels like um, a lot of things are uncertain, uh, guys. 
the Lord is still moving. He's still here. He's still working through us. And we're going to see what that looks like as we walk through this passage. But, but, but now what we have is some clarity to know why we do what we do or why we believe what we believe. And I feel like the church specifically has received this, the church in general, we're on the threshold of this epistemological foundation reforming for the church where where we know why we do what we do we know why we believe what we believe we're just not believing it because it's tradition we're not just or, or doctrine we're not just just uh doing it because it's tradition it's what we've always done but what are we gonna do now how are we gonna innovate moving forward and guys the church is not great at innovation in general uh we kind of just we're great at imitation we're not so great at innovation. We imitate the culture. We imitate what they're doing. Oh, people like to go to clubs, so let's get smoke machines. Let's get lights. People like to have parties. Let's do that. People, people, um, you know, they're they're, um, you know, loving. When I was growing up, it was like they're loving Michael Jordan and and Air Jordan. So let's make a shirt that says Air Jesus. You know, and like we just imitate, and and it's like a way lesser form. We, we take the music that people love and we imitate it. We take uh, the things that our culture is doing to, to build up society, we imitate it. Guys, we should be the innovators in doing that. And in order to do that, we have to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what's around us and what God's doing to be inspired by the Spirit to do things. But most of us, we have our eyes shut. I was at a church once, I worked for a church once, and. Um, I wasn't there to change everything. I made one little suggestion. I said, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing it this way? And the guy looks at me, one of the leaders of the church, and he says, why would we do it that way? Why would we even consider that? We've been doing it this other way for 250 years. And I said, that's exactly why you would consider doing it another way, because your church is dying around you. You know, like church churches." Uh, we're, we're losing, we're, and this is, of course, the church in general, because our church is full of millennials and, and Gen Z, right? So we're, we're um, but we're losing the younger generations, right? So our church, Trinity Life Church, is an anomaly in the church landscape. Most churches are losing the younger generations, and they're getting older and older and older because we're not innovating. We're not innovating because we're not hearing and obeying. We're not listening. We're not looking, we're not, we don't have our eyes open, we're not seeking God. And that's what's happening here. It says the plans of the heart belong to man. A lot of people read this verse as, as a negative, like, oh, man makes his plans and he has a, but I don't think that's what, what's happening here. I think it's saying, yeah, we make our plans. Guys, plans aren't bad. This, the, the, pro, the writer of the Proverbs here is not making a judgment statement on the plans and on your plans. I plan, prep. You guys should, should do that, and we, we should seek the Lord in that. So he's saying the plans of the, of the heart belong to man, but here's the kicker. Are you going to receive your answer from the Lord? Right? Or are you just going to walk forward in your plans, how you made them, how you want to do them? Or are you going to receive the answer from the Lord? This, this is all about hearing and obeying. Right? We want our answer as a church to be from the Lord. And guys, I want you to trust that the leaders of your church are doing that, that we are seeking God for answers, that we, are, that we are pushing forward trying to find out what does God want from us? 
What is what is what answers are going to give us? And then from our tongue, we can give we can give the answer because it's from the Lord. And notice that the Lord here is is Yahweh. It's the Lord in all caps. It is the personal relationship that we have and that we share and that we partake in that we've been invited into in Trinity life, not just the church, but tr- the Trinitarian life with God. And we all have access to that. So verse two kind of re-emphasizes that it says all the ways of a man are pure. In his own eyes, all the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. So he's so so basically here you have you have the same thing. Are you going to walk forward in your own ways, or are you going to go with the Lord and allow Him to weigh your spirit? The back back in chapter chapter uh, twelve verse fifteen it says this: the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but, but the wise man listens to, to advice. So it's, it illuminates this passage a bit for us because we've just, if you're reading through Proverbs, you've just read that, and now you're like, okay, it says here, all the ways of a man are pure in his, are pure in his own eyes. And if that's the case for you, if that's the case for us as a church, as an organization, that all, all the ways that of, of ours are pure in our own eyes, well, that's actually the way of the fool. Remember, if we're following this theme through Proverbs, we either choose wisdom or we choose folly. And if we think all our ways are right and are pure, then we've chosen the way of folly because they're not, right? And and so it's it's okay. It's okay that they're not, but guess what? The Lord weighs the spirit, right? We say, God, we know we're going to stumble. We know we're going to fail. We know we're going to mess up, but you weigh the spirit. Guys, here's the thing with change. Right? We've, we've experienced a lot of change. 2020, a lot of change globally. A lot of, I, I mean, just think about the scale of change that the entire world has gone through. It is, it's, it's unfathomable. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's, uh, there's so much change that's happened around us. Um, and, and, a lot, and, and then in your own life, right? All of you guys have experienced certain levels of change in your own life with your job, working from home, in your family, you know, sicknesses, um, schools, if you have kids, you know, what are you doing with school, all those things. There's, there's so much change that we've been experiencing. And in the church, we've experienced that too. I mean, look at us right now. I'm talking to you on a, I'm, I'm talking to you on a screen. All I see is myself. And you're looking pretty good today in your, in your suit, your nice haircut. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's like I'm talking to a mirror. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, anyways, so we've all experienced so much change. And a lot of people say this. They say, well, people hate change. And that's a common phrase, right? Well, people hate change. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. I think what people hate is risk. They're fine with change. If you, went in, if you went into your workplace tomorrow and your boss said, I'm going to double your salary or your wage, I'm going to double it, and you don't have to do any more work, oh, you'd welcome that change. You'd take it, right? There's no risk. You don't have to do any more work, but you get double the pay? Yeah, I'll take that. But if your boss said, I'm going to double your wage or I'm going to double your salary, uh, but your job is going to change, you'd say, ooh, like, what, what is that going to be? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I, I can do that. I want to. I want to know what what it all entails at first. And he says, "Well, I don't know all the details. 
All I know is the starting point. I don't know all the details. Some of you guys uh, might jump into that, but most people will back away from that. Because we have what we have in our hand, we know what that is. And you know what that is, good or bad. And you may hate your job, but you may, you may, but, but you may be so scared of the potential of the risk of losing something that you just stay with what you hate. It's that, it's that common phrase that we have, um, the, devil, the devil you know is better than the one you don't know, or something like that, right? So you stay in the bad job. You stay in the bad relationship. You stay in uh, the bad marriage. You stay, or <laughs> you need to change that bad marriage is what you need to do. You stay in the, um, you stay in, you know, this bad situation because change is too risky, right? I'm not saying you need to leave your job. I'm not saying you need to leave that thing, whatever it is, and definitely not your marriage, uh, but you're afraid of stepping forward in faith and boldness because it involves risk, not because it involves change, because if you were guaranteed that that change was gonna be good, well, of course, you would step forward into it, but you're not necessarily guaranteed that. And that's where the Lord steps in and dependence and trust on the Lord come in. Guys, like we said earlier in the, in the stream, Back in 2009, we had no idea what we were stepping into. We had no idea, right, um, what we were stepping into in Toronto. I mean, just a seed form of a thought. We, I mean, and guys, you, you, see, you see us now, you see us um, talking before people now, I didn't do this before. I wasn't comfortable with this. You see, I mean, definitely Missy wasn't. Um, you, see, you see us leading now. I, we weren't, I didn't consider myself much of a leader back then. Um, you see us uh, giving you counsel now. Guys, I had no idea how to tell people anything back then. Um, I mean, you, you see us now, and, and, but I want to give you a picture. Like, back then, we had nothing. We had fishes and loaves, and we said, we give this to you, God. You either consume it or multiply it, right? Like, you take it, you do what you want with it. We, that's what we felt about, like we had nothing. And guys, if you can get to that point in your life where your plans are just fishes and loaves, you can say, Jesus, what's mine is yours. You, you do with it what you will. And you're going to see amazing things. And guys, for our church, one of the things that defines us is boldness. So we're always going to move forward into that. We're always going to say, God, here are our fishes and our loaves. I never want to be a church that has, that has everything we need at our disposal. Because I always want us to be dependent on the Lord, which means we're always pushing forward. We're always trying to innovate. We're always trying to be creative. We're always trying to, to stay ahead of the innovation curve, not follow in its wake, right? I was trying to stay ahead of that. And, and for us this year, that's involved this change from, in our small group, so it's, it's involved this change from BLG to R3G. And, and guys, um, some of you guys, because it involves risk, because you like the thing over here that you had, you want to hold on to it. But it's because you're not comfortable with, with trusting in the potential of, of what could be really good. Because all you know right now is loss. And I want to give you eyes and a heart because to see the gain. Because right now, the loss is tangible. And it's okay to mourn, mourn loss, guys. It's okay to mourn. We've lost a lot uh, in, in this year, 2020. Um, some of you guys have lost a lot in your families. And, 
and uh, jobs and things like that. And so there's a lot of loss. And, and right now, uh, for us as a church, as we move forward, you could say, oh, that's just more loss. And I don't know if I can take more loss. Um, and that loss is, is tangible. It's, it's there. And so we don't want to, uh, we're not denigrating that loss because a loss is a loss no matter how big it is. The, the magnitude doesn't matter, right? The presence of the loss is still there. Uh, but I want you to see the potential for gain and be excited about that and, and walk forward in, in, a, in a step of faith, walking with the Spirit, uh, knowing that uh, as a church, we are innovating together. And you can stay on the sidelines and, and you can s- wait to see how it goes. Most people aren't early adopters. You can wait to see how it goes on the sidelines. Um, or you can take the way of wisdom and be there in, with us in it together because we're saying, God, you, you take it. And I say the way of wisdom because here it says, it says all the ways of a man, if they're pure in his size, it says all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. That's the way of folly, but the Lord weighs his spirit. Guys, we are letting the Lord weigh our spirit. We're not saying that we're not going to take a misstep. We're not saying that it's all going to work out in the end. We're not saying that um, this is always going to be the way we're going. We're saying we get to do this together. And we know that is the way of wisdom as we're, as we're focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ, as we are putting everything in his hands and saying, God, you do what you will with what you've given us. And guys, he's given us a lot. And we cannot sit on it. We will not sit on it. We will not bury that talent in the ground and say, oh, when Jesus comes back, we'll give him this thing. No, we're going to multiply it, which means we got to risk it. Guys, we, so many of us are afraid of risk because we like what we have in our hands. But if we're not multiplying it, what good is it? Like, just, just think about um, uh, if we use monetary terms, just think about inflation. If you just hold on to that toonie in your hands, that toonie isn't worth a toonie in two years. It's not worth the same. It doesn't have the same purchasing power. It doesn't buy the same because of inflation. In one year, it isn't worth the same. Right? That toonie has been devalued. Right? So if you're sitting on it for seven years, right, that's extremely devalued. So you have lost the worth of that if you're not multiplying it, if you're not investing it. And so for us, we're going to take, we're taking our resources, we're taking our people, our, our ideas, our, our financial resources, the things that God has stewarded to us, and we want to multiply those. Because, because if we don't, guys, a sum of zeros, even if you, even if you added it a billion times together, remains zero, right? Um, it's still zero. So we are, we, we want to change that and invest. So we're going to give this to this, to, to God. And it says in verse three, commit your work to the Lord. This is Yahweh. We want to commit our work to the Lord and your plans will be established because, um, this, when, when he says here, your plans, <clears throat> sorry, when he says here, your plans will be established, he means they'll be firm, they'll be settled, they'll, they will be fixed. Just commit your work to the Lord, and what you're doing is actually going to produce the desired result. Guys, if you could live your life that way, and if we could live as a church that way, that we know this where God is leading us, and we know that he has established our plans because we've committed our work to him. Guys, that is, you would live so 
freely. Because when Missy and I moved to Toronto, we had nothing to lose. Now, a corner of the world, we had everything to lose because I had a job, Missy had a, we had a job, we had a house in the States, um, we had a two-year-old, a one-year-old, all of our family lived around us, we had all that. Um, you had everything that the world says you should have. Everything in the, the world says you should need, everything in the world says that you should value. We had all that, and we gave it up. And everyone thought we were crazy. Well, guess what, guys? Um, following Jesus looks crazy sometimes. Most times. It looks wild. Because you're like, the things of the world don't matter to me. Those things, I don't need those things. And so, but for us, we thought we got nothing to lose, right? Like, whatever, that stuff's worldly anyways. It's temporal, it's fading, it was going to be gone one day anyways. So let's just, let's just get our girls and we're going to move to a different country, to a different city where we know zero people, right? And when you start from zero, all you're going to do is go up, <laughs> right? And we say, God... Here you go, and, let's, and let's, let's go up. And guys, there's no more freer place to be in the will of God than that. Then you're saying, God, whatever you want. And you can say, well, you're saying that now, seven years later, because it all worked out. Guys, even today, I don't feel like it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> just give you insight into, into the life of a, a minister. Um, there's no day where it feels like it all worked out. Uh, but I will say this. In the first couple of months, I was already completely content and satisfied in what God had done in me and through me. I remember calling up my buddy Nathan on a ride home from Regent Park, and, and I said, I said, if, I'd, if, if God called us to leave Toronto now, this is called months in, guys, I would be content with what we've done here. I'd be content with following him. If, if a church never got started, I'd be content that we did what God wanted us to do. If I died that day, I told him, I'd go, I'd go to heaven in complete joy. Like it, it was just, I already felt that because I knew that the plans were established. Like I knew God had already established what he wanted to do, and so I was free with anything and everything and walked forward into that. Guys, that is the DNA of our church. That is kingdom living. It's do not be anxious about anything. God clothes the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. He feeds the birds, and you cannot worry about tomorrow because it's not promised to you, so walk forward in faith today. And we lead the church that way, and that's why we're always taking bold moves and risky moves that don't look like they're going to work out by the world, but God has established our plans because they are his plans. And we are forward that they're already established because we've committed as, uh, our work to him. And it says, the Lord has made everything for its purpose. This is reinforcing verse 5, even the wicked for the day of trouble. When he says the Lord has made everything for its purpose, that word in Hebrew is actually its answer. So... Um, this is a little philosophical. This is one of the most philosophical verses in, in the scriptures, I think, because it, when he says the Lord has made everything for its answer, that's a, that's a slightly different connotation than his purpose. It's, it's different from you saying to somebody, well, everything happens for a reason, right? Because that's a reactive phrase to something that's already happened. But God doesn't see time that way, right? This is, this is an, an inversion here, right? He has the answer, and then he's made everything for that answer, 
So if you've seen, if, if you've read anything, seen anything on the movie Tenet, <laughs> you can go check that out on inversion. Uh, but also the Stoics thought this way. They thought inversion thinking, like Marcus Aurelius. Uh, he's not just a fictional character from Gladiator, that amazing epic movie. Um, he's, a, he's a real guy, Stoic, Stoic philosopher. Um, and inversion thinking is thinking about the opposite, right? Thinking about the counter and then working backwards from there. This is basically saying God had the answer. He had the answer, and he's working everything to that answer. It's the game show Jeopardy. It's here's the answer, now you give me the question. What's, what's the question to that answer? And God is giving us the question. So what is the question? What's our question? Well, what's our answer? So our, our answer, if I gave you the answer, salt and light, uh, disciple makers, Ministers of reconciliation, what would be the question? Well, the question is, who are you? What is the church? What are we supposed to be as kingdom citizens? Those are the questions. So now the question for us is, are we answering that question in our city, in our neighborhood, at your workplace, in your family? Are you answering that question? The Lord has made you for that purpose. He has the answer. Now are you in that? Oof, man, that's, I hope I'm in his answer. I hope that we are a church who says, yes, we are made for your purpose because we're answering this question in our city. And guys, that means that, especially in this time, if we're gonna innovate, we gotta get ourselves out of tradition. The church is changing, it has changed. And, if, and some of you guys have seen that, that's inspiration, right? If you've seen that we can't do things like we've always done them, right? Like so many churches are, 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 are um, uh, wanting to meet on Sundays, to be all together on Sundays in one spot, to sing and do all these things, and that's a good desire, but why? And if you ask somebody why, They'd say, well, uh, well, we're supposed to, right? Or that's what we've always done. Or the Bible says so, I think. Like, nobody knows why. That's what I'm talking about clarity. Why do we do that? What's the purpose of that? You know, why, why Sundays? Why all together, right? Like, all, all these questions that we're getting clarity on, you know, and, and people are focusing on that right now, but they're not being salt and light. They're not in their communities. They're not engaging the city. You know, you have these churches that are, that are focusing on Sunday morning, but they're not out in the city making disciples, being salt and light, or being ministers of reconciliation. They're just trying to take care of each other, right? And, and you have here the wrong answer to the right question, and God's saying, well, this is the answer now. Are we living out the question? That's confusing. You're probably just as confused now as when you saw Tenet. <laughs> but um, this is, the, God is trying to give us this, this uh, almost inverted way of thinking here. And it says here, he's made everything for his purpose. And then he goes on, he says in verse 5, Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination. Lord, guys, there's six things the Lord hates. Seven are abomination to him, according to Proverbs chapter 6. The first thing is pride is haughty eyes, a prideful heart. And you gotta, we have to check ourselves, right? 
And pride is so sneaky. It's so, it's shrouded in, sometimes it's shrouded in compassion and care. Um, but it, it's, it comes out as pride because we want to feel good when we care for somebody, right? Like that's sneaky. That's deceptive. Uh, but we constantly have to check our hearts on pride. Even this chapter later on, it says here, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. It's better to be of lowly spirit, of humility with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Right? So pride, God does not like pride. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Guys, check your pride. As we move forward as a church, as we move forward in innovation, as we move forward, you got to check your own pride. Because I can tell you for a fact that this leadership team, me, the leadership team, Missy, like we are on our faces seeking the Lord for the direction of our church. So check your pride before you say, I don't like that change. I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to change BOG into R3G or whatever it is, right? I don't want to make disciples. I don't want to share my faith. I don't want to uh, serve at the new common. Check your pride first because we are doing that constantly. And we're trying to lead you and shepherd and guide you according to where we've committed our work to the Lord, to the plans that he's established. And so be careful there because the Lord hates that. He hates that pride that's hidden in our hearts and, 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 and um, rears its head, right? And sometimes, guys, pride, pride has two faces, I think. Pride can sometimes push us to innovation, right? For a guy like me, pride pushes me to innovation to push, push, push to, to do something new and exciting to be on an adventure, right? That's just the type of person I am. So pride can push me in an unhealthy direction to do that. But for most of us, pride prevents us. It pushes us back, prevents us from moving forward because we don't want to lose. We don't want the loss. We don't want to risk, right? So both sides of this have to check, we have to check ourselves on this. And, and he says here, uh, be assured he will not go unpunished. Oof, guys, that is, that is a, a weighty promise from the scriptures. But here's the key, guys. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. Iniquity there, think sin, think um, not just sin, but uh, missteps, failures, uh, disobedience, um, missed opportunities, the guilt that's associated with those things. That's kind of all uh, in, in this word iniquity, but it's by steadfast love, this word chesed in the Hebrew, that is God's ever, uh, never stopping always chasing after us, never failing type of love, and faithfulness, presence, relationship, always there with each other, always there with God in the Trinitarian life. Those things actually atone for our failures, our missteps, our misdeeds, our missed opportunities. Steadfast love and faithfulness. And we share those things together from, from uh, the power of the Spirit. And he produces those things in us. Those are the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says. And by the fear of the Lord, wisdom, right? Read, read wisdom there. The fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. One turns away from folly, right? It's the way of, it's the way of wisdom. Steadfast love and faithfulness. And guys, if there's nothing else that we do as a church besides these, this is the result. Because steadfast love and faithfulness are key. And guys, we need to have that in each other and with each other if we're going to show that to the world, right? 
And he says, this is the result. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And then, as Missy read earlier, the Lord establishes his steps. If our enemies are at peace with us, that means our friends are at peace with us, our family is at peace with us, your coworkers are at peace with you, your neighbors are at peace with you. Everybody else in between is at peace with you if your enemies are at peace with you. And if our ways as a church please the Lord, that will happen. Well, how do we make our ways please the Lord? Well, we hear and obey from verse 1. We listen first, and then we speak. We let him weigh our spirit in verse 2. We commit our work to the Lord in verse 3. We humble ourselves in verse 4 and 5. We walk forward in verse 6 by steadfast love and faithfulness. And we fear the Lord. We trust in his ways. And if we can do that as a church, we will please God. And so for us, celebrating seven years today, um, I just want to reaffirm this for us, that uh, me, your other leaders, uh, this is what we are patterning our next, hopefully the next however many years Trinity Life is in existence, but, but definitely we're seeking the Lord according to these principles. We're humbling ourselves before God. We've been doing that all year. And guys, you know what the amazing thing is? Lots change in 2020. But all the plans that we've had in 2020 as a church have not only come to fruition, they have been blessed tenfold. They've been catalyzed. Let me say that again. As a church, because this year, 2020, I had planned in my mind since 2019 of working out a certain way, seeking the Lord, committing our work to him, and everything in 2020 has worked out way more. We don't know how to put a number on it, but think like 10 times more than what the plans were in my mind and the influence was in my mind. Isn't that crazy? That's what happens when you commit your work to the Lord. Guys, 2020 is happening exactly like I thought it would happen for our church, but 10 times more. That is so amazing. Get excited about that. That means we're doing something right. That means we have, we have committed our work to the Lord. That means that he has weighed our hearts. That means we have humbled ourselves. That means that he's taking our fishes and loaves, and he's still multiplying it. Guys, that means he's multiplying us. Get excited about that. You're a part of a church where God is moving where there is influence that is happening all across our city and all across our world, guys. I can give you story after story of this. I don't have time this morning, but we'll, we'll go into it. There's so many stories right now how God is influencing through you, through us as a church. So let's be inspired by the Spirit to push forward, to go forward, humble ourselves, seek the Lord, and do this together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is true you have established our steps. You already had the answer. We are working as if that answer has already been settled. And there's so much freedom in that. 
Pray that we would never stop operating like that, that we never get comfortable or complacent, but that you would continue to push us forward and that in the gale of the Holy Spirit, we would, we would just push forward uh, as you, as you, um, as you uh, just put your wind in our sails, Father. Gosh, it's such, uh, yeah, it's been such an amazing journey. And I look forward to the next seven years. I look forward to what you're doing in my heart and who I am uh, as a man of God. Make me like you, Jesus, more every day. Do that for, for our leaders that we can help shepherd and guide our church in the way that we should go according to your plans. We ask this in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.